0: How many is already received from Jesus, amen? Such a wonderful spirit in here today, an atmosphere of miracles, and I'm so glad you all are here to join with us. And I do, I personally would like to welcome Teen Challenge Ministry here at Faith Builders Church. We love Teen Challenge. We love what they're doing for the men and women, I believe, in the community and reaching these lives, and I know God has a plan for every one of you young men that are here this morning, and we're just glad we get to celebrate with you, amen? All right, well I'm going to finish up this series that I've been teaching on. Uh, this will be the third week. I'm going to wrap it up today, and I've been talking about dangerous prayers. Uh, before I go any quick uh, further, I just do want to welcome some new families here today. I know some of you are here to celebrate the wedding of our sweet Circe and KL today. So we're so glad you're here today visiting with us for this celebration, and we're just going to have a good time. We have a party after church, so anyway, but I'm going to uh, be finishing up this series on dangerous prayers today, and as I was sitting down there this morning, just uh, just basking in what everybody was being ministered to, and I could just sense God rising up in many of you, that you're really coming into a season of the fullness of God in your life, and God is really calling His church to be the church not just come to church, but now we're going to go be the church. And I believe God is awakening this. And not only in our church, it's definitely been something as the senior or lead pastor of this church that I feel such an urge of the Holy Spirit. But I've been listening to teachings this week, and I was so amazed of the lead pastors, even in mega churches, that is teaching the same thing right now. I mean, this is a word from God. It is not exclusive to here at Faith Builders Church, but I am so glad we are smacking the will of God. We're teaching, write what we need to be teaching because I believe the greatest harvest of the kingdom is coming. Amen. And it's going to be by us, the church being the hands and feet of Christ. Where they may not come to the four walls, we're going to go to the world and we're going to be the light of Jesus. Amen. And so that's why I'm so excited about this teaching that we've been doing. My first week I talked about Lord Search Me. I was talking with Bishop this weekend and my parents are in and out of town over the next month, everybody. So they're going to be coming and preaching at our church and you just never know they could walk in any minute and surprise us. So, But I was talking with Bishop, and he was just sharing this revelation he had about uh, God looking into us. And I said, oh my gosh, two weeks ago, I just talked about searching, you know, that we need to invite God into our hearts and say, God, search me. If there's anything in there, if there's any wicked ways, if there's any stubbornness or apathy, Lord, I give you permission to get in my heart. How many know the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, right? He waits for us to invite him in. And then last week, I talked a message that maybe not been a- a hoot and holler message, but it was, Lord, break me. And not in a bad sense, but Lord, break that hard outer shell off. Break the pride in my life. Break the stubbornness in my life. Everything that I've allowed life to happen, I ask, Lord, break me so that I can be poured out, you know? God wants us to be a pouring a light into a dark world. Today, I'm so excited about this is because I believe all of us are positioned for this and the message is called, Send Me send me. God, there is a clarion call of the Holy Spirit right now to his people saying, come. He's saying, share the love of Christ. Go lay hands on the sick so that they can see my power, right? Maybe help feed someone some groceries. Maybe be the extension of love into your neighborhood. I don't know where the Holy Spirit's going to begin to knock on your heartstrings to challenge you and bid you to do something for him, but I am pretty sure he's about to knock on your door. And he's saying, come, and we have to be at a place where we said, Lord, search me, now break me, now Lord, send me. Have your way in my life. We have to be at a place in the kingdom of God today to say, my life is not my own. I can live 24-7 and I can do the fun things in life, but really who I belong to is Jesus. And if he tells me to go, I'm going to go. If he tells me to pray for someone, I'm going to pray. If he tells me to lead somebody to Jesus or share Jesus, I'm going to have courageous faith to do that. Why? Because my life is not my own. And the greatest joy that you'll have in life is doing what God's called you to do. Amen. Amidst all the wonderful pleasures of life, Our main purpose and our our purpose on this earth is to share the good news of Jesus. And God is rerouting his kingdom. He's rerouting his church because the church for a while has been, it's about me. I'm going to come into the church and get my word from God. I'm going to come into the church. I need a word. I need to be met. And God's taking us out of the I mentality, and he's sending us back to the world. He's rerouting that course, amen, because he needs his light out into this dark world. So we're going to break this down today. And in the Old Testament and the New Testament, no matter where you look in the word of God, you're going to find somewhere where God was calling people. Throughout many stories, he'll tell people to go somewhere and pray pray. He'll tell someone to pray for someone else. He'll tell someone to speak truths, amen? He'll prompt or he'll lead someone to go do something for him. And I believe that prompting of the Holy Spirit is coming to your heart. God's going to begin to prod you to do something for him, to have a voice in whatever that may be. So I'm going to share with you quickly this morning three responses to God's call, because God is calling you, But we all have a different kind of response. And the first response I'm going to share with you this morning is out of Jonah. And many of us know this story, Jonah in the belly of the whale. But the first response that happens in the word is Jonah. He said, here I am, right? But he said, I'm not going. I'm not going. I heard you, God. You told me to go to Nineveh and pray for the people but I'm choosing not to go. And he had all his reasons. He didn't like Nineveh. He said the people didn't deserve God. He was mad that God was sending him to some destructive place. He hated the people. I don't know the whole history behind it, but he said, I'm not gonna go. See, you have a free will from God today. That's what I love about the God that we serve. He will never make you do anything for him, but he will prod you. He'll speak to your heart. He'll say, share share Jesus with that person. Lay hands on that person, right? But we have the freedom of our own response. And so Jonah was rebellious. So let's read what it says in Jonah 1, um, verses chapter 1, 1 through 3. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amatil, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Joseph Jonah arose to flee to tarnish, what? From the presence of the Lord. Is that scripture verse up there? Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because the wickedness has come up before me. But what did Jonah do? But Jonah ran away from the Lord. Are you running away from what God is asking you to do today? Are you running away from that still small voice where the Lord is speaking to you in your life? I know in my life, there's been times, and I was trying to think of a recent encounter where the Lord was speaking to me to pray for someone or whatever it was. And I, I shared this a couple of weeks ago, but there was a lady on a plane that I was came home from, and she was full of arthritis in all of her hands. I mean, just horrible arthritis. And everything within me said, I want to pray for her. Everything was in me, Barb, just just pray for her. But you know, you get this fear or you get this reasoning. You're like, I'm in a plane. Or what if she thinks I'm crazy? Or, or the big one, what if nothing happens? And so I I, I walked away from that plane ride, and I was busy about my own life. And and to this day, I can tell you that story, and it's been a couple months because the Holy Spirit was prompting me, and I chose to say I'm not going to do it. See, we have that freedom, and we need to learn to have the courage to say, yes, Lord, I'll do it. I don't care about the outcome. I don't care what people think about me. I don't care if it works or it doesn't work. That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is what? Obey the voice of the Father. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, God's going to meet you right where you're at. And, and maybe it wasn't the arthritis God was worried about. Maybe it was a little bit more. I was going to pray and prophesy over her. I don't know what moment I missed giving to her. And I know God sent someone right along the side of her. But I will never get to experience the joy of the assignment God called for me in that moment. I was listening to this story of a A woman, um, many of you might know her as a worshiper, Jen Johnson. She's a a popular worship leader for Bethel Music. And she said when she gave her life to Jesus, which is many of us, we have this story, God, my life is your own. You know, Lord, I want to hear your voice. Wherever you lead, I'll go. How many feel that truly with God? God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And sometimes we think God has this big assignment for us. But God is looking for us to obey in the little things sometimes. And we look, God, for the great big, but sometimes God's saying, but I want you just to obey here, because if you're faithful with the little, I'll make you a ruler over much. I want to see blind eyes open, but if I aren't willing to pray for somebody with a headache, why would God ever call for me to have a blind eyes open? See, God wants us to be faithful to that little voice so that you can build up your faith in Christ, and when you pray for it at this level, then you're going to pray at this level. All of a sudden, when God's called us to move signs, wonders, and miracles, we'll have courage to pull somebody out of a wheelchair and say, rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. Blinded eyes open, devil come out of them in the name of Jesus, right? And so Jen Johnson, she's young, just gave her life to Jesus, and she was driving along the road, just, you know, God, whatever you want, my life is your own. And she was driving along, and on her way to the office that morning, she saw some garbage sitting on the side of the road. And she said, all of a sudden, the voice of the Lord says, pick up that garbage and take it somewhere and throw it away. Just like this stupid, how many times God asks you to do something? Well, that's stupid. Why would God care if I pick up, what's the fruit of picking up that garbage, putting it in my car, and throwing it away? And so she's like, she said, I'm not going to do it. What's the big deal in it? She went all the way to work, but the Holy Spirit kept saying, you should have picked up that garbage. You didn't obey me and pick up that garbage. And she's thinking, but God, how is that effective in the kingdom? What is that going to do in the big picture? And God says, I didn't ask you for the big picture. I wanted you to obey me and pick up that garbage. And you know what she did on her break? She got in her car, she drove to where that garbage was, she picked it up, put it in her car, and threw it in the garbage at her job. And she walked out going, she said, I I wish I could have told you the story that angels showed up, and the presence out of that garbage can, and the presence of God came, you know, like, there was a supernatural moment when God showed up, nothing happened. she said, when I walked in, the Lord said this, the Lord said, um, when you picked up that garbage, I broke your will. I broke your will. See, God'll ask us do sometimes to what break us. He'll break us of this mentality that we think God is here, and God's like, no, I'm going to break some things off of you. Are you fully surrendered? Are you willing to do the little thing when nobody's looking, when nobody cares, and you don't have to put it on social media? It doesn't have to go on the IG story. It's leading somebody to Jesus. It's reaching over and praying for someone in the grocery store. It's giving that life-giving love of Jesus away, and he's saying, will you go? Amen? Amen. Many of us have been prompted to do something. Every one of us have that story. And for whatever reason in our life, we didn't do it. But we need to be willing to say, God, here I am. Here I am. Send me. At some point, God's going to prompt you. Amen? Let's go to the second response to God's call and open up to Exodus 3, verse 10. Love this part of the story. says this, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh. This is talking about Moses. We know the story. Moses was taking the children of Israel out of Egypt, going to the land of promise. Come now, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, excuse me, bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. That's all that it says there, out of Egypt. So what is he telling Moses? Listen, I'm going to call you to do something that you're not comfortable to do. Moses had never led the children of Israel before, let alone a million people. But Moses chose to say this, number two. Moses said, here I am, send someone else. I'm here, God. I love you. My life is not my own. Holy Spirit knocks on your door. Well, send someone else. See, Moses didn't feel worthy Moses didn't feel smart enough. And we'll see some of his challenges here. He wanted God to pass him by. See, you're going to go to heaven. If you have Jesus in your heart and you love him, you are going to go to heaven. But God has called you to reach the world. And when you fully surrender all to God, you're saying, here I am. And we have to be willing when he says go to say, I'm going to go. I'm not going to care if I'm spiritual enough. I don't care if maybe I got in a fight with my spouse before this happened. I'm not going to care. Maybe my children are crazy and I don't feel qualified. When God and on your door he put everything in you to meet the need of what he's called you to do if you weren't capable of praying for that person if you weren't capable of laying hands on them he wouldn't ask you to do it but there's something in you there's a purpose there's a destiny there's a word from god on the inside even the holy spirit says i want you to realize who you are and when you know who you are you have courageous faith to do what god's called you to do but many of us feel so insecure. We feel so intimidated. What happened And uh, if you go on in that story, verse 13 and 14? And Moses said to God, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Has anybody ever thought if I go to pray for someone, what am I gonna say to them? How am I gonna pray? What if I don't have the right words? What if I'm rejected? Moses said the same thing. God said, I've called you, Moses, to lead these children out of captivity. But he said, but what if I don't really know what to say? And God said, tell him, I am have sent you. See, we serve the great I am. We serve the alpha and the omega. And God's spirit is living on the inside of you. So when you go to the world, don't worry about what you're going to say. God is going to fill your mouth with the right thing, the right words. You're going to be shocked what comes out of your spirit. If you've been going to this church for a year or two years, you are so full of the word of God. You just don't put yourself in a situation to recognize the goodness that's on the inside of you. You don't know what's in you until you open up your mouth in an uncomfortable situation. See, God will make us uncomfortable. When he tells you to pray uh, pray for someone in a grocery line, that's uncomfortable. You guys heard my story. The Lord said, pray for this lady. No, buy her paper towels. I was in a Target. And I turned around. The Lord says, I want you to pay for her groceries. And I turned around. It was one paper towel. That's it. And I'm like, I'm not going to ask her if I can pay for her paper towel. That was so uncomfortable. I'm like, what if she thinks I think she's poor? You know, I didn't know what she was going to think. And the Lord says, buy her paper towel. I'm like, oh. So I turned around. I said, excuse me. I said, I just really want to pay for your paper towels, you know. <laughs> you know, and the next thing you know, she just started to cry. She started to cry. And she began to pour out to me. She just came from the doctors, and she was full of cancer. And I was the first person that she was talking to. And I said, well, I am a pastor. And you don't have to be a pastor, but I played that card for whatever reason. <laughs> I am a pastor, and I'm going to lay hands on you, and I'm going to declare the healing power of God to touch your life we went right around that register. I didn't care. In the name of Jesus, God, you're going to touch her. You're going to heal her. You're going to reach your heart. And whatever seed I planted, I don't know if she was healed of cancer, but in that moment, she knew God was there. In that moment, it was her rope of hope. It was somebody in a grocery line paying for her dumb paper towels that the Holy Spirit knocked. And I didn't say, send someone else, God. Or I didn't say, I'm not going to do it, God. Listen, I am human. I understand every reason why we don't want to do it. But I walked out of that store. I swear I was floating. It was like I had this cape on. I was like, did you see that? It's like, yes. Yes, I am a woman of God. I just swear. I felt so holy. Holy. And our righteousness is filthy rags, amen? But in Jesus, we are everything. In Jesus, praying for her gave me so much joy and hope. I didn't have to run around the world and be happy. In that moment, I had so much joy knowing she felt the love of God. God is saying, will you listen to me, right? And in verse, uh, let's go to chapter four. He didn't know what to say. He said, say, I am. Now let's look at more of him. He said, uh, chapter four, verse 10. Then Moses uh, said to the Lord, O Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since. You have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and I have a slow tongue. Do you see how insecure Moses? We think of Moses, the great movie, but do you see all his reasonings? Why? He did not want to obey the voice of God. And it got to the point where, in verse 13, he said, Oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. Please send someone else. But God's calling you. There's your, the Bible, there's, it's not the Bible, but there's leadership saying that we have a sphere of influence of seven people. Seven people you could reach for Jesus in your life. Seven Can you imagine if this church of 300 here right now could reach seven people? We couldn't house them. We'd have to build, thank you, Jesus. We'd have to buy the Sears building over there to have church. That's revival. Revival is not just a bunch of Christians coming together having good church. Revival is when the lost is coming in, and they're bowing their face before Jesus. They're being delivered of drugs, alcohol, and addictions. Marriages are being restored. Healing is being manifested. That is revival. And if that's happening and the church is running around with crazy, praise God. But if it's just a bunch of Christians running around, that's not revival. Amen? I've been in the kingdom 30 years I've been serving Jesus. I've had some good church. And I can walk out of here and face hell. But nothing brings me joy than to see lives changed by Jesus Christ. That's what revives my spirit. That's what gives me joy. That's what gives me hope. And the same thing is for you. Amen? He said, send someone else. Matthew 10, 14. Let me encourage you with this scripture. And you don't have it, so don't worry, sweetheart. But he told the disciples, go into a city and share the good news. And he said this, if they don't receive you, Shake the dust off your feet. See, your responsibility is not to turn them. Your responsibility is to share Jesus. And if they don't receive you, don't get rejected. Don't take it personal. Don't say, I'm never doing that again. No, step out by faith again, because you never know in the process, are you the water to that seed? Maybe you're just the seed in that hard heart, and they're gonna reject you, and they're gonna cuss you out, and they're gonna tell you to get out of here. I don't believe the Lord would send me to anybody to make that happen. I believe the Lord knows that would crush my spirit, right? But some of you can handle some rough people out there. Some of you have been in the world in rough places. So if you get rejected, just know, I'm planting that seed, Jesus. I'm going to get in the hard soil of that heart, and I'm going to dig that seed of Jesus. He's going to be so offended at me, he's not going to stop talking about it. (laughs) You ever get mad at somebody, you don't stop thinking about them for days? That's what happens when, when, when people get angry. It's okay. They're thinking about Jesus. Amen? They're thinking about what you said, and that seeds in them, and then somebody else will come along, and maybe you're the water, and, and you're like, hey, they received that pretty good, but they didn't say the salvation yet. That's okay. Somebody else is going to come along, and they're going to give their life to Jesus. And that's when we get to heaven, he's going to say, turn around. All those came into the kingdom because of you. We had to lead that person to Jesus. Yes, you did. You planted the seed. You prayed for them. You maybe just gave them a word of encouragement. Maybe you bought their family groceries. You don't know what the Lord tells you to do, the fruit that's going to come from it. All he's asking us for is to obey. Amen. Obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. All right, let's go over to number three, the third prayer. And this is going to be our point this morning. Isaiah chapter uh, six, verse eight, number three says this. Isaiah said, here I am, send me. See, there was something different about Isaiah's prayer. He said, here I am, Lord, send me. So let's look at Isaiah six, verse eight. We're gonna break down a few of these scriptures. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? This is God talking. Then I said, this is um, Isaiah Here I am, send me. Now, what was different from every other prayer that these other people prayed? What was different from Isaiah's heart? Something you'll see here is when the Lord said, who am I going to use? Isaiah says, send me. He didn't say, well, what does it look like, God? How much time is it going to cost me if I do this? How much out of my way is it going to have to happen? He didn't look at any reasoning why the Lord was saying. He just said, send me, God. I am yours. That needs to be our prayer every day that, Lord, I'm going to wake up every day. Use my mouth to speak your encouragement. Use my ears to have the discernment of the voice of the Holy Spirit in this season. Amen. Use my hands to bless somebody today. And it may not be what you're praying for, but I've I've told Quinny this before. I said, when you pray for someone, it's not just about the miracle. It's about them feeling the presence of God. Your only responsibility is that the presence of God falls on them because what changes the heart? The presence of God. The prayer is the byproduct. The, the miracle is the byproduct. But if there's anything you have to praise, Lord, let him just feel your presence because his presence will drive them to conv- conviction. His presence will drive them to repentance. His presence will drive them to forgiveness, amen? So, Lord, let me be your hands. Let me be your feet. Every day, Lord, use me. We should wake up intentional every day, say, Lord, who can I touch today? If I can touch one person in this day, Lord, use me. Let me be aware of everyone around me. Pastor Paul said something to me last Sunday when I came off the platform. It blessed me so much because we're really aiming towards this soul-winning season of our church. And he said, I seen as I was looking out there, all the people have like little buds of trees, like little growths. There's green little buds coming out of your spirit. And that means you're getting this. You're getting this truth. You're getting it. And that gave me such a hope that this message is really stirring you because as the pastor, I want this church to be a soul-winning church. I want this church to be a hospital for people that are broken and hurting, amen? Not just good church. Good church is awesome. But we wanna be transforming lives for Jesus, amen? So I know today we're watering this. So I'm not asking you to be like this, you know, sold-out evangelist tomorrow. I know this is baby steps, but just do something for God, amen? It's saying, Lord, I'm aware, I'm not just going to go to the gas station and check in and check out and be mad at whoever and frustrated. I'm going to be aware. I'm going to look around. I'm going to be sensitive. God, is there anybody here you want me to pray for? Is there anybody here who just needs to know Jesus loves them today? Amen. Being aware. That's all God is asking from you. So God will interrupt you, prompt you, and speak to you. So let me do this real quick. How do we get there? How do we get to that place of, Lord, send me? Because it's a process. So I want to go back up to the first few verses of Isaiah. And how did Isaiah get to that place? Like, whatever you want, God, I am yours. Because I want you to have this revelation so that you're, you're there too. Amen? So let's go up to um, Isaiah 6. Put the point up first, sweetheart. Number one, a genuine experience with the presence of God. How do I get to a place where, God, I'll go wherever you want me to go? You need to have a genuine experience with God's presence. Not just a good worship service, but a personal experience with the Lord all by yourself. And if you look at Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, where it starts out before Isaiah said, send me, in the year that King Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord. See, Isaiah, in this moment, and I'm going to read these verses to you, it wasn't just the Lord standing off in in the scrolls of old. Heaven opened up, and he saw the Lord. And when when you see the Lord, when you have a revelation of his glory, when you have an encounter with his love, you are willing to surrender all. And if you're wondering why you're not able to surrender all, you're wondering why maybe you're not being able to step out by faith in certain areas is because maybe you're in a season in your life where you're not seeing the Lord. Maybe we're not getting into his presence where there's fullness of joy. Maybe we're too busy in our life, which life happens, that we're so busy we're not looking into the face and the presence of God, so we're not finding ourselves in a position to be used by the Lord. So if you look at the scripture verse, he said, I saw the Lord. And what was he doing? Sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. We serve a great big God. He is not a fairy tale story. He sits on the throne, and heaven opened up, and he saw the glory of God. God's trainer, his glory, filled the entire temple of heaven. Listen, heaven is real. The glory of God is real. The power of God is real. And the world wants to tear it down. The world wants to desensitize us from our living king. But he is alive and he is sitting on the throne in heaven. All power, all authority, all might, all glory. And we are his kids here on earth filled with the glory of God. We are his vessels, amen, and the glory that's in heaven is the same glory that's in you. Lord, send somebody else, and God's like, you've got my glory. Lord, I'm not going to do it. You've got my glory. You've got my presence. You've got my power. You don't need nothing else. Forget about the education. Forget about the mind and the concept. Move by the Holy Spirit of God in you. He said, I see the Lord, and he's sitting on a throne, and his glory fills the temple. Verse 2 says this, above it, the throne of God, uh, stood a seraphim. Each one had six wings. We're studying angels on Thursday nights for all you ladies who want to come out and learn more. But above it stood a seraphim, which is an angel that was a minister in music. Each one Had six wings. Think about that an angelic being that has six wings. With two, he covered his face. This is the angel, the seraphim. With two, he covered his face. With two of his wings, he covered his feet. And two of his wings, he flew. He was a fiery angel in the presence of God. If you study out a seraphim, he was fiery. He was gliding. He was an angelic being, amen? He had a, full cr- a colorful creature. And the Bible says that above the throne room of God is this seraphim. There's this angel in the presence of God, the power of God. If you study out seraphims in the word of God, the seraphim sat around the throne room of God. But the, or excuse me, the cherubim sat around the throne room of God. But the seraphim was this being in the supernatural that was above the throne room of God. Listen, the supernatural world is real. That's why the world makes these movies that's why Stranger Things is so awesome and we all binge on it. Don't act like you don't. Nothing wrong with it. There's this other side of the world, right? And it's all e- evil. But I'm going to tell you, there is another side of the world. There's the kingdom of God. And it is better than any movie, any story, anything Netflix can produce. We serve the real supernatural. We serve the real God. Amen. And when you see God, when you're fully surrounded and say, God, show me who you are. That should be our cry every day. God, show me your power. Show me your presence. Open up the supernatural so that I can see you, God. And when you encounter God, you'll say, Lord, take me wherever you want. I'll put away my side. I'll give away my money, my time, I mean. I'll give away relationships. I'll do whatever you want because I have seen the glory of God. So powerful. Verse 3 said, and one cried to another, the angels. What did they cry out? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. All that takes place in heaven right now is this fiery angelic angel with six wings singing, holy, holy, holy are you God. It is the praises of heaven. They can't prove it for sure, but they believe the seraphims are the ministering, worshiping angels. While we're in here worshiping in our three songs set that we're giving to God, angels are in heaven glorifying God. Angels in heaven are worshiping, and our job is just to tap into that presence that is already taking place in heaven. Let's cross over, amen? Let's cross over and see the goodness of God. See, I'm not going to be religious, God. I'm not going to come to church just to feel good. I'm going to take my Bible. I'm going to get alone in my closet or my room, and I want to know you, God. I want to see you face to face. I want to experience your presence. I want to experience your power. God, visit me. And he may not come that first night. That's okay. But make it your cry. You need to have an encounter with God so that what? You can give it away. But if you're not being encountered by God, you have nothing to give away. And that's why we stand empty in our life, and we don't hear the Lord saying, send me. Amen? He experienced the presence of God in his life. And when you do that, he will change you. Share this quick story. When I was uh, in my 20s, we just went into full-time ministry, and uh, I, my prayer was, when I got saved at 17, Lord, I am yours, I am not my own. I prayed that prayer. I counted the cost. I knew what I had to sacrifice. It hasn't been a perfect journey, but I said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. And I remember I went to sleep one night, and I had this dream. And in this dream, um, there was all these bones that were laying around, and they were uh, like, you know, dead bones. There were bones everywhere. And we went into this cave, and it was this long cave, and there was sick people all along this cave, and they had light brown skin. I think it represented um, the sin nature of humans. I'm not sure. But it was light brown skin. And I remember going, and I'm like, oh, they're so sick. And we were walking among them, and they were so frail. And my heart was broken for them. And we get at the end of this cave, and there was this round table. And my parents were there, and I was there. My brother was there. I guess most of my family was there. And we were just worshiping the Lord, and there was these sick people all around us at this table. And uh, all of a sudden, when we were praying, the presence of God hit us so hard. And in this dream, I mean, just God hit us so hard. And this lady was next to me who had just barely any skin; she was just bones, dying. She was just dying. And I, I reached over and I touched, and I said, "Do you feel that?" And when I did, it's like life blew up into her body, and and skin came on her, and she became normal, and she became alive. And then she began to go around and lay hands on people, and we're all like, what is God doing? And we went all the way along that cave, and we started laying hands on people, speaking people back to life. It was such a strong encounter with God that when I woke up from my dream, and I was literally shaking in my bed. And I remember going, I think God's standing by my feet, (laughs) His presence was so strong that I thought if I just open up my eyes, I just believe the Lord is standing there. And I could not have the courage to open up. I just couldn't. And all of a sudden, I just felt it lift. And I realized the call of God. I realized I encountered God. I, I am not anybody special. God's no respecter of persons, and you may not be up on a platform, and you may not have the extent of the ministry that I'm called to do, but you are called to some extent to reach somebody. And I, from that moment forward, I've done anything the Lord's asked me. I have cleaned bathrooms for teenagers. That's funny. <laughs> not funny, but I've done whatever the Lord's asked me to do. I've let the Lord break my will. I'm not perfect. I, like you said, I haven't prayed for people. I've done things wrong. I'm here to encourage you. If the Lord says, take the trash out in the parking lot, go take it out with joy. Because you never know what that's going to do for someone else that may come up and see garbage in a parking lot. They got church has, nobody can take care of the church. We don't know. Only God knows. All I'm asking you to do is obey God. Maybe he'll call you to work with the children. Maybe he'll call you to, to work with the 7th Street Food Pantry. Maybe he'll call you to something in the ministry. We need to say, Lord, here I am. See, God's presence, when you have an encounter with him, it brings us into a deeper place of real submission to him. You submit to God. You say, God, I'll be willing to do whatever it takes. Amen. And we're not going to get it right, but at least we can get close. Amen. Number two, really quickly, a genuine awareness when you are wanting to awaken, Lord, send me. Number two reason is a genuine awareness of your sinfulness. In Isaiah 6, verse 5, it says this. So I said, this is Isaiah still talking before he said, Lord, send me. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone. I think I want to read it in this translation. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. He saw God, and then what did he recognize? I have sinned. I've done things wrong. I have unclean lips. See, when you come to Jesus, we live in this season, I'm good. I'm a good person. But when you really meet God, we recognize I have sin in me. I have things I need God to cleanse me of. It's not okay that I'm still dealing with the same sin nature when I'm in Christ. He said, Lord, I I have become a man of unclean lips. You don't really know who I am. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. He's saying, I have seen you, God. Is there verse 6? Okay, let me go on to verse 6. Then one of the seraphims flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my lips with it, and he said, okay, I did read that a little quickly. I'm sorry. In the I am room ruined part, you have to say, he is righteous, I am not. He is God, I am not. Amen? He is holy, and I am full of unrighteousness, and I need the Lord to forgive me of my sins. Matthew 4.17 says this, turn away from your sin, because the kingdom of heaven is near. Ooh, he's not shouting and screaming. Matthew 4.17, the word of God says what? Turn away from your sins. Because the kingdom of heaven is near. God is calling sin out of the church. Sin out of our lifestyle. Not to condemn us, but to let us be in his glory so that we can win a sinful world. To Christ, amen? He said it's time to repent of our sins. It's not to be condemned because you're going through stuff. It's to recognize that I need a savior. And I have some anger issues. I have some things that I've done wrong in my life, and I need the glory of the Lord to shine. Well, let me end on a good note, y'all, okay? Isaiah 6, 6. Let me make- an angel flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the thongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away from you, and your sin is purged. Number three, how do we say, Lord, send me, is what? Number three is a genuine understanding of God's forgiveness and grace. See, when you come to Christ and you get in his presence, you recognize that you are a sinner and you're like, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I'm gonna surrender. I'll take the coal of your presence and wipe it right away. He says, your sin I cast as far as the east is from the west. His grace is sufficient for you. His forgiveness is sufficient for you, amen. Quit reminding yourself of the brokenness of your past. Forget reminding yourself of the things you did that makes you feel disqualified from God. Know the grace of God has come in and and forgiven you, Amen. And you're coming into this redeemed nature in your life. I'm gonna close with this quick story, and I'm gonna pray for you. And I got three minutes on the clock. This man that came into a church, he was uh, just came to know Jesus, got born again at the altar. And back in the old days, if you remember, pastors would wait at the door and shake everybody's hand. Some might still do that. But this new man that got saved went to the pastor on his way out the door, shook the man's hand, and he said. Pastor, I just want you to know your message blessed me so much today. I mean, it really changed my life, and I have to tell you the answer is yes. What's the question? And the pastor's like, this guy's a little cuckoo, a little crazy. He's like, well, I'm so glad you got blessed. God bless you. Next Sunday came, same thing. This man came to the pastor, shook his hand, and he said, Pastor, man, that message changed my life. I see God so clearly. I mean, I am so transformed. I have to tell you the answer is yes. What's the question? Pastor's like, this guy is crazy. So the third Sunday comes around, same thing. So the pastor finally asked, Well, can I ask you a question? What do you mean by what's the question? He said, Pastor, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, I want you to know the answer is yes. Just ask me. What's the question? See, when you get so touched by God, Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? The answer is yes. I'm not going to question. I'm going to let, let somebody else have my blessing. I'm going to say, Lord, send me. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet, everybody. I know I gave you a lot today. <laughs> I gave a lot in 35 minutes. But how many of you this morning would say, Lord, I would love for you to send me. I would love for you, Lord, to speak to me, even in the still small things. Amen. Got to go back to 1987 when there was revival in America, (laughs) the Jesus I Found It movement. You guys remember that? The I Found It movement. That's probably, was that 89? They might have been further back a little bit. I don't know, but okay. We have a revival. He's lived through a couple of revivals, amen. Listen, revival's coming to America. Revival is coming to America. It's gonna be something like we've never seen before, amen. And God is just getting his people ready. He's getting his church ready so that when they come, we will be ready, amen. Let's close our eyes. Father God, I thank you this morning for this amazing church. I thank you, God, that everyone heard whatever they needed to hear by you, Holy Spirit. They got their assignment, they got their voice from God. They got their conviction. Lord, it's all yours. So, God, we just speak grace, grace over any areas that you need to touch them with coal today, God. Let them be willing to let go of the sin nature, those things that are holding them back, Father God. Release them today. Let them find freedom through the cross. God, give us the courage as a church to say, send me, use me, God. Make me available for your purpose, Father God. I thank you that you're awakening our hearts for your purpose. I want everyone to to say this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart. Be the Lord and be my Savior. Father, send me. Let me see your glory. Let me confess of my sins and let me receive your grace. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. With all eyes closed, if you said that prayer this morning and you meant it with all of your heart, just shoot your hand up all over this room, all over this room. So many hands are up to Jesus, so many hands. If you want to say, Lord, give me ears to hear, to send me, lift your hands up all over this room. Say yes to the assignment, yes to the call, yes to his voice, yes to his purpose. God, we thank you for a church of purpose. We thank you for a church of revival. We thank you for an awakening in our hearts and in our spirits, Father God. Move us in only the way that you can do. God, we're always careful to give you the praise and give you the glory. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. Give the Lord a great big praise this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to uh, dismiss you all. The wedding will start in about a half an hour or so. So uh, if you're here for the wedding, make your way back in. Otherwise, have a wonderful day. God bless you. Love you all.